0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby and KG. And we're back with another episode. Thanks, guys. We went on a little hiatus for a a week because we were a little worn out. Um, We have been going around the neighborhoods in Memphis, posting propaganda around there with QRC codes. You can check on our social medias to see some of the stuff that we got. And uh, doing mutual aid, of course. Um, If you would like to donate to... um, you know, help us, you know, get some ink and paper and, and keep that going and also uh provide groceries for our community fridge. You can donate link will be in the bio. Um so today we're gonna talk about two things. Our main topic is gonna be on uh why capitalists uh ended slavery. But also before we get into it, we wanted to talk about something uh dialectical materialism Uh, Because I think it's important, uh, an important concept to grasp, but I think that it can kind of get deep and I haven't seen too many people break it down uh, so it was easily accessible for all. So that's what we're going to try to do right now. Uh, KT, can you tell everybody about what dialectical materialism is?
1: Yes, of course. I'd be happy to do that. So, dialectical materialism is a philosophy of science, history, and nature developed in Europe and based on the writings of Karl Marx and Engels. Uh, Marxist dialectics as a materialist philosophy emphasizes the importance of real-world conditions and the presence of contradictions within things in relation to, but not limited to, class, labor, and socioeconomic interactions. It means that we must take someone into consideration people's material conditions when we're doing some sort of analysis with them. So, for instance, if we had, um, you know, Twitter drama, pretty much that's that's not dialectical materialism. That isn't taking into consideration everyone's uh, current conditions that they're in. But if we take it and we look at it from a dialectic, materialistic way, we're asking, well, why is this happening to this person? It's not just going to be because, well, God said so or because some spiritual vibe said so. No, there is a a reason behind it, whether that be capitalistic reason, uh, whether that be a social reason, whether that be a physical reason. There's always a, a a reason behind it that we can actually pinpoint, and that's what we must be doing. We've got to be pinpointing what is actually happening within capitalism, and I think Gabby and I, um, I feel like we, we pretty much do a good job of that every week. Every week, we're questioning why, how, who, what uh, within capitalism, and that's kind of like what we want to do for the the next portion here but Gabby do you have anything to say about dialectical materialism I need to
0: break it all the way down dialectical materialism is is knowing that all things are related and connected and nothing is just out of thin air hmm. so uh you got stuff that you know like the development of the quote unquote western world and uh the the poor in the, the the global south, a lot of people American history, Western history will teach you that this is just because the westerners just some for some reason just had more willpower, more brain power, more smarts, more this more that, but no, that's not true. If you are born in this system and you're, you've you been indoctrinated, that may be what you believe. But when you actually look into the facts and the history, you go from now and work your way on back. Oh, now we learn about colonialism. Okay, why did the Europeans colonize? Oh, well, in their country, they couldn't grow shit. So they had more time and, and had the the reason to invest in uh boats and things so that they can find people who did grow things so that they can have those things and it it's just it's just knowing that everything is connected everything even like why do white people think that they run everything mm-hmm. you could say it's just because white people are evil i believe that but that's not dialectically Correct. You know what I'm saying? We have to go through why. Oh, they've been programmed by white supremacy. Why is white supremacy needed? Oh, to enforce capitalism. Why is it needed to enforce- So it's it's just that frame of thinking, and this frame of thinking is totally against the American way. The American way, the Western way of thinking, is, is based in evangelical Christianity, which 100% rejects dialectical materialism. It actually shames people for wanting to, to have evidence and proof of things. Yep. They shamed Tom, Thomas, Doubting Thomas, they called him. All that man said was, I don't know if you really, Jesus. I didn't see you, de- somebody, you were dead. He ain't never seen nobody being raised from the dead. And all he said was, hey, can I just see the scars? Oh, no, Doubting Thomas. So that becomes the way we're programmed. You're programmed not to think. You're not. You're programmed not to say why. You're programmed to just accept stuff. Christianity, Jesus, is real. White people are better. Black people are thugs. And it keeps this capitalist wheel running. So, yes, dialectical materialism is important to help in the deprogramming of all the propaganda that we've been fed all these years. So that's pretty much the way that I think about it. Just looking at the world, critically asking why, finding facts, using the material world, what you see with your eyes, what you smell, what you hear, and using that to help you understand why things are the way they are.
1: So like I said, uh, Gabby and I try to use dialectical materialism all the time. Uh, we, We never really say the word because we're not that type of people who literally cares about the verbiage. But... We are always looking at a critical view of that. And with that being said, we're actually going to go ahead and use that to uh, analyze why capitalists ended slavery and how
0: it benefited them. Okay, so when we think about why would capitalists end slavery, we got to look at it through dialectical materialism, a.k.a. it wasn't just a change of heart. AKA, it wasn't just people just weren't racist no more. We got to look at what material factors, what was going on in the world, what economically was going on that made America say, yes, slavery ain't finna work for us no more. And what do we always say? America is a doggone corporation. Everything is centered around money. No decision is made if it's not from having economic interest. So, boom. We are in 1820s. We already know the history of slavery. The slaves came. We know all that. Whoop-de-doo. Cotton gin. There becomes a boom in cotton. Becomes the number one export out of America. People are making millions. People are investing all over the world in this boom that we have. Black bodies are being used as collateral for mortgages on houses. Black people are being used as collateral for all types of, of, of investments. It's it, it, it's It's wild. So things are going good now. Things are going good. The north is also not only getting money from that investment, but the south is bringing uh the cotton to them first and they are starting to industrialize. They are starting to uh get in on this movement in the industrial revolution. So they start getting these uh textiles to to uh convert the cotton into whatever. And uh, they start to see, okay, wait, hold oh, this little economic model is, is pretty dope, this whole little capitalism thing. I mean, we can employ these white folks, pay them a couple of pennies, and we make a lot of money off of this. And you know how capitalism works. Capitalism is all about growth. You can't just have one industry plan. No, you got to have more factories. And it can't just be in cotton no more. No, we got to make something else. So the North began to expand in industrialization. And the South continued to grow the cotton. Okay, so that's what's going on in America. But to get even more clarity, let's look into Great Britain, because Great Britain ended slavery uh, in the 1840s. So what were the material realities for the rich at that time and the capitalists that made them say slavery ain't... We don't need slavery no more. So... Uh, there were the diminishing returns of the African slave trade itself. As you know, on that boat, a lot of slaves died. Um, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: With slavery, you had to feed the slaves. You had to clothe the slaves. Slaves got sick. Slaves died while working. Slaves got pregnant. Uh, So these were all liabilities that you had to soak in and hope that the export was great enough to combat that. In the South, it worked because they were growing a, a humongous export. In Britain, the West Indian Sugar Company got bankrupt through the Haitian Revolution. They was getting in competition with Spain. Like it was they had a lot going on. And slavery was It was too much. It was easier to just invest in America, What they got going on. They got a good little system. We just going to put our money in there. They also had uh, the consolidation of the empire in India, and they were doing trade, a lot of trade with opium and drugs with China. Like, they had all these other avenues that were uh, less liable.
1: So, basically, it was cheaper for them to just invest in something other than uh, housing slaves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And if you want to get crude with it, like, let's think about our material realities. Right. Uh, we're not going to be owning people. We'll talk about if we own some cows. If I had $200,000 and I had the choice between uh owning cows, herding them up, selling their meat and their milk or investing 200,000 into the stock market. What's going to be uh the least the least amount of work?
1: The least risky. The you least know, risky. The... To be honest, it's going to be putting it into the stock market. Even because you know that cows, we need meat. Everyone is always going to be able to eat meat, right? So if you invested into whatever that might be, whether it's the stock market or even the company that is creating said meat like Tyson for a chicken, then that's gonna be way more cost efficient for you to just get that return over and over and over instead of you having to hire people, pay people, do this, this and this and this. And
0: exactly, this. exactly. And that's what they started to see. And the north Like I said, they've already started to see that as well. Uh, Exports, they were getting from all over. So they were getting to the point where they didn't... They, at the point, didn't really need the South no more. So uh, let's talk about how... They abolitionists, let's not discredit abolitionists, abolitionists did do a good job of getting the message out there of the the brutality of slavery and all that stuff. But let's think about why the North would have been an easier audience than the South. Okay, in the North, there were still slaves, but those slaves were relegated to domestic work. They were in the houses of the upper rich, um, so majority of white people didn't really even see slaves like that. Uh, cause they, there weren't any major plantations over there. Uh, there was obviously racism, obviously anti-blackness. It made America go round. But as far as just a constant antagonism that needed to happen, if they hated black people, it was just because they were black. They didn't hate black people because they thought they were taking their jobs. Um, so Right.
1: So in the south you're saying that uh white people thought that black people were taking their
0: jobs? Black people were at were what kept the white poor, like now, right at bay and compliant. Uh so white poor people would say, Well, damn, at least I'm not a slave, at least I'm not a black person. Uh yeah, I'm living in a shack, yeah. I ain't got food eat. Yeah, we over here eating rats, but at least I'm not a black person. And and in the South, it was economically and politically in their best interests of the politicians and corporations to seed in everyday media and uh, in the consuming of products, everything around anti-blackness. Black people are bad. Black people are monkeys. Black people are this or that. So that the poor, like we always say, couldn't even see damn this slavery system is actually exploiting us just like it's exploiting the black people and these plantation owners are actually our enemies and the black people aren't our enemies so there propaganda. was more there was more to have to 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 have to undercut in that to get those types of people on board with abolition the north it was just a whole different political climate you had more immigrants there it 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 just was a perfect storm with the abolition movement, with the type of people that were in the north, with the changing economic system, just like I said this is like the same thing we talked about with the segregation episode. It's all intertwined, and that's what dialectical materialism is talking about all everything is is affected by everything else, material realities, the economic time. The types of people that live there, the the religious beliefs of the people, all these things helped create this uh, movement of the North eventually becoming quote unquote uh anti-slavery or whatever. And uh, you know, that caused some conflict. Civil War happened, there's some debate over why the Civil War happened and whooped it. But eventually, just like at the end of segregation, you see it's a trend. The South had to to let go of the slaves and eventually we get to where we are now where everything's kind of synthesized and America has become this corporate system that is making money off of the uh, the wages of everybody, the black and the white, paying them very little and recouping all of the profit. So that's kind of long so sure.
1: I want to go back kind of to what you said about the Civil War happening because that I feel like that was pretty important. So the Civil War happened, and I'm saying it, it happened because white people did not want to give up uh, enslaved people. They're, they're black slaves. And so um, essentially after the Civil War, the South was absolutely devastated. So, like Gabby said, we at one point the South was literal millionaires. They were essential to the entire economy of the world.
0: Did it say Mississippi had the most millionaires per capita in the
1: world? That's correct. So Mississippi was literally the most the in America. Yeah, uh, in America, yeah the most. Like it was huge. It was it was booming. Literally, as soon as the Civil War happened. Those white people went out there, literally killed themselves to keep slaves. Famine happened. Diseases happened. They literally shot themselves up just so that they could keep slaves, okay? So, um, essentially, once they were devastated and they had no money, they were losing money from the banks because they couldn't pay the banks back that they loaned money from. Um, they literally had no other options at this point. Just like during segregation, the South no other option but to to
0: give up and do that, so it's like, yeah, and then uh think about again it's it's just a trend, think about where we where we started at the end of where we started at our segregation episode, what ended up happening just just a different a different system of the same thing. The crazy thing about this is. Like for black people, we went through the the same, like, ec- not economic system, but the same mode of production thing like they did in Britain. Like, we came in as slaves, and then we went from that to serfdom pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then from serfdom to quote unquote, we became uh, pro proletarianized, whatever they called it in that book. Uh, the proletarization of black people eventually, but yeah, they found a way to make money, but it wasn't it wasn't enough until again the nineteen sixties when they took on industrialization. The thing about it is the South has always been one step behind yes
1: because because they refused to give up. Whatever it is that's pushing them, and usually it's just being racist
0: at the end of the day. The South is
1: always one step behind because they're just racist pieces of
0: shit. But here's the thing, both sides are racist, but the North has learned and the North accepts that Money is money. Yes. It's going to make more
1: sense for them to be more progressive because they know they're going to make more money that way.
0: And that's the way that the liberals run today. Literally. AOC. If we ask ourselves why, the, like, the, the Democratic Party, that's why they're always the first ones to accept some type of marginalized identity and in, yes. inside the political sphere because they know. White supremacy rules, and white supremacy will continue to rule. But we will act like we like these people just enough if it's going to increase our profits in something. Of course. The South is the one that, again, think about how much indoctrination had to go into making these poor people not see that they were getting scammed for hundreds of years. There had to be nonstop uh, indoctrination that black people are the scum of the earth, And you the scum of this American earth, but at least you not that type of scum. So that literally even now we can't make, the South can really make progress because these white folks are still so caught up in this white supremacist model. Um, And that's just the way it is. And, And you have to think about why. Why is it still important for today? It's the same reasons. The white working class and the black working class in the South, if together, could literally form huge unions, huge political organizations to fight back against these corporations that have long been terrorizing our cities. But we can't do that.
1: Mm-mm. It'll never
0: happen because of racism, because of white supremacy. Yes. Which is needed. To keep us apart. As long as we have that. We'll never be together. And so the question is. How can we use this framing. To figure out. How to fix that.
1: Personally. I feel like. And we talked about this previously. I feel like white people. There's got to be a starting point. Where white people are like. Oh actually wait a wait a freaking second i've benefited from slavery since the beginning of this country oh wait a second i do have certain things that i'm benefiting from that black people aren't benefiting from oh maybe i should we should start giving reparations because we actually
0: did fuck some people over but that will literally never happen until what what is the material thing that must change for white people to see that it's got to be some type of it's got to be some type of uh, economic disaster? It's got to be to the point where white people have to depend upon black people for their livelihood. Yes,
1: that's I was gonna say. That's what I'm saying. Uh, what I was about to say is it it can't be like just some kind of economic disaster because white people are poor now and they're still just as racist. No. It has to be something where white people absolutely depend on black people.
0: It's got to be like a zombie apocalypse. Something. It's got to be like where black people are like immune to the infections of the zombies. Like now we getting funny into it. But literally, that that's how drastic it would have to be. I think you were talking about like white supremacy and... Or no, you were tying it into like an abusive family member. Like... If I was to, if I had an abusive family member and I knew they was abusive, the only way, me just going over there and being with them and just mingling with them is not going to make them not abusive. Right. Something has to change around them that makes them say, whoa, I need to stop this. The only way that's going to happen is if they don't exist no more or something just extra extraordinary, just something life altering that makes them them change. Something that's been so ingrained inside yeah. of them.
1: Yeah, so I was actually uh talking about like liberals like AOC, like what's the purpose of her going into the system and trying to make a, a difference, a material difference. And uh and I was saying, it just physic- it just literally makes no sense why you would go into an abusive situation, capitalism in our case, and just constantly take that beating just for the hell of it, essentially, just so that you could change material conditions. That's not, you, you taking can't, abuses,
0: no, you can't you're not no, going what you to. What you're doing is, see, this is what they do, and this is why it's good to have a this type of frame of thinking. They would say that they can change it from the inside. You can. Well tell me how exactly you're gonna change this. Like, like we gotta to get to that point. Like we 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 are so caught up in and we've been taught it's indoctrinated. That's the only reason. In dogma and slogans and 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 just terminology and stuff like that that we don't even sit there and say, how? How is this going to give me the step by step. Give me the way you finna make a system that's for 400 years been based on the exploitation of black people, on poor people, literally don't give a fuck. Literally, all they care about is money. How are you, this one person, these 10 people, going to go in there and do something that's going to make the capitalist people agree with you and then that's also going to benefit You're not. us?
1: You literally never will. There's
0: nothing that. Anything that benefits us, the capitalists going to hate.
1: Yep. So, guess what? Guess what? You're not going to vote it in. So It's not going to be voted in. Your uh, electoralism isn't going to happen. It's not going to help people.
0: So, so that's not... Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, it, that's a pipe dream. That's not anything that's going to happen. But that's why they don't want us to think like this. When you think like this, you can't just be caught up in, we got to vote. We got to vote because of the ancestors. They died. We gotta vote what you gotta stop and say, okay, what has changed? What is going on now? How in the world is one little socialist lady going to uphold this system that is not only backed by American military, but literally every superpower in the world trades with and everything? How are you, by your little one vote, finna to change that system?
1: Yeah, this kind of took us into the conversation when we were talking about uh, like these little slogans, like you said. Like they have these slogans that you hear like, uh what's
0: one uh, black lives black matter Black lives matter All cops are bad Like that um, like
1: that's not helpful. You're not providing any type of context to it. It doesn't say okay, well, uh, you know, all cops are bad. Like literally all cops are bad. That includes these police officers. Uh, that are literally just existing in your house. Your dad is bad. It doesn't include that. We can't use slogans to get a revolution. We can't use slogans to change material conditions.
0: And well, the big thing with slogans is it is in trying to idealize a structure. And I understand that it's, it's easy and it helps make or bring awareness or whatever. But how many people have have from a Black Lives Matter post researched research the history of of black exploitation and abuse in America? How many people from looking at an A Cap poster have researched where the doggone cops came from? Like, what's the point even? We I. I it is it's, it's just the way that we are. It's just we like slogans and we like this just It's going to get co-opted America. by liberals.
1: That's my thing. At the end of the day, it literally doesn't matter what you come up with. It's going to get co-opted. It's going to get
0: co-opted if it's not if it ain't the real deal. Correct. If it's something that's like flowery language. Now, I said if we had something like all black or black lives are still being exploited and abused in this American system and need America needs to be destroyed. Saying that's too many words for them. That's too many <laughs> words, but that is a slogan that explains concretely what the problem is and what needs to be done. Bam. It ain't some ideological, ooh, and that's what we got to get away from. All cops are bad. Cops were created to enforce capitalism and are used as a tool of the capitalists and the state to keep us in line and not demanding equality. Let's put that on the bumper sticker. (laughs) That ain't no question with that. It's built in facts. It tells you what needs to be done. Boom. And, yeah, so I think this was really just all over the place, but it was just to kind of, I hope it's, kind of help y'all see throughout all this talking what exactly dialectical materialism is and dialectical materialist thought that was it called materialist histor- historical materialism yes yeah and uh that's kind of what we wanted to do so um i hope it's helped somebody i hope y'all understood what we were talking about uh again before we leave We are passing out propaganda. We're trying to educate our neighborhood. We're trying to feed our neighborhood. If you would like to contribute to that, the link will be in the description. Um, Also, you can hit us up. You Hit KT up at KT underscore does art. Hit me up at Gabby's Music. Uh, Anything else you want to say?
1: I want to say that uh, this has been a, a, a longer episode than normal, and I appreciate everyone who does listen to us. Uh, like Gabby said, we were—we've been kind of a wall on Twitter and everything else. But we will get back to it. We're not so exhausted.
0: So this has been Gabby and KT. I'm real.